The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. Galatians 6, verse 18. Welcome to Canaan Bound Podcast. Canaan Bound Podcast is a podcast designed to offer a Christian rest during life's journey. Canaan Bound Podcast features devotional segments by pastors serving in the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, along with church history, mission news, music by various Christian artists who support our teaching. I'm Philip Wells, a member at Peace Lutheran Church in North Mankato, Minnesota. This is episode number 78. We begin today with Freedom in Christ with Pastor Mark Falk. Galatians 6, 17-18, Stigmata. Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. NIV, 1984. Stigmata. Some of you know this as the title of a scary horror film from 1999. A housewife suddenly displays in her body the wounds of the Savior. Scary, mystical, but garbage. This is the verse from which the Greek word comes and the idea. But Paul's marks are not horror film duplications of the wounds of Christ. The film is pure shtick, fantasy. The truth, however, is real. Paul was scourged and beaten and chased out of town more than once. Paul suffered both physical and mental emotional wounds for Jesus. He did it willingly. While no one should seek to suffer, Paul makes it clear that suffering with Jesus, his Savior, is a great honor. In a sense, he fills up or completes the wounds of Jesus. But Paul also makes it very clear that it is the wounds of Jesus that pay the price, that redeem us, that pour holy blood on our sins. Nevertheless, this is a passage that we might all take to heart. Is it wrong to assume that in Galatia there were those who added to the sorrows of faithful Paul? Rereading Galatians will lead you to conclude that there were indeed those who attacked Paul from afar. Paul does not mince words. Don't do this. I have suffered with Jesus. There is a clear application to those who preach the gospel of Paul and the Holy Spirit today. It's a bad thing to cause trouble for faithful ministers of the gospel. To whatever extent they have suffered for the preaching of the word, they also bear the stigmata of the Savior. Throughout the ages, men like the 15th century Bohemian John Hus and the 20th century Romanian Richard Wurmbrandt have followed in Paul's footsteps of suffering. Hus was buried at the stake, was burned at the stake. Communists compelled or tried to compel Wurmbrandt to consecrate excrement as the Lord's Supper, and then to eat it. Christian pastors of the 20th century were killed by the thousands in China. In the same time frame, Alexander Solzhenitsyn joined many thousands of Christian Christians in the gulags, the camps of northern Siberia. But even if the persecution of pastors in America does not take such a form, Paul's words are a very sharp warning. It is entirely possible that these words, this one sentence, terrified some of those who heard this letter read in the churches. The law has a sharp point. The great father of American Lutheranism, C.F.W. Walther, his law and gospel should be in every, every pastor's library, would surely agree with this short summary. Preach the law sharply. Let it stick like a spear even in the hearts of the saints on earth. But notice the following sentence. 
pure gospel. I once taught with a man who never preached the gospel once in chapel over a period of months and years. He would convince that the whole student body of a school was so steeped in sin that they were not ready for the gospel. We had some sharp words. He is no longer teaching in that school. This leads back to Walter, uh, to Walter and another cardinal rule. The gospel must always predominate. The very worst thing you can say about a Lutheran pastor or teacher is that he never gets beyond the Ten Commandments. In truth, some love the law. Give it to us a little harder, pastor. That always worries me a little bit. But on to Paul. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are his words. It has become a formula among, formula among us. It is so much more. Paul is still writing to brothers, and his whole heart yearns to preach nothing but Christ. Grace and Jesus go together like jam and bread. In grace the Father denied, determined to find a way to save sinners. In grace Jesus was that way. In grace Jesus agreed to be the way. In grace Jesus bore the cross and suffered the pains of hell on the cross. In a triumph of grace and power, Jesus rose. In grace, all that Jesus has done is for every sinner and is our personal possession by the gracious gift of faith. And now we listen to a song by Branch's band called Fill Me Up.
Next, we join Pastor Timothy Smith with God's Word for You. God's Word for You, Job 24, verses 18 through 25. First, just verse 18. Yet they are foam on the surface of the water. This is the wicked, of course. Their portion of the land is cursed so that no one goes to the vineyards. Now, earlier in this chapter, Job has made um, some, some wordplay, some, uh, some uh, paranomasia, that, or, or pun, as we would say in English. And, and I just want to mention that, that throughout this chapter, um, and, and, and continuing here, Job does a lot of this. The word for the useless and disgusting foam on the water, on the surface of the water here, is, is the word kal. And uh, uh, which is, is a, if you know Hebrew, it means light, um, uh, uh, stuff that isn't, uh, isn't, isn't a big deal, but still it's kind of gross. And uh, the word here for cursed later uh, in, the, in the same verse is the verb kalal, which is to make light of or to curse. Um, when uh, God calls Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he says, I will curse those who curse you, but really it's, I will make light of those, or, or rather, I, I will curse those who make light of you, who, uh, who, who don't treat you with respect. The they, of course, are the wicked who commit the crimes that we've been comparing uh, to the sins of the Ten Commandments so far. Verse 19, as heat and drought snatch away the melted snow, so the grave snatches away those who have sinned. Job actually plays on the word Sheol here, the grave, with the word Sheleg, snow. Um, that, that's also in Psalm 147. Job hasn't spoken like this before. There's something remarkable happening here. In chapter 23, Job seemed firm in his conviction that he was right and that his friends had been proven wrong. But now, Job, it seems like his sinful human nature has gotten the upper hand in his struggle. And at the moment, uh, when his faith seems at his strongest, the devil has slipped in this sort of quiet and sly blade and slit Job's thrust, or trust rather, at the weakest point. He, Job says, you know, for all my conviction, he seems to say, the, the, the grave snatches away. You guys have a good point. The, the wicked do get punished. And Job goes on in verses 20 and, uh, and following. Uh, the womb forgets them. The worm 
uh, feasts on them. The wicked are no longer remembered, but are broken like a tree. They prey on the barren and childless woman, and to the widow they show no kindness. But God drags away the mighty by his power. Though they become established, they have no assurance of life. He may let them rest in a feeling of security, but his eyes are on their ways. For a little while, they're exalted, and then they're gone. They are brought low and gathered up like all others. They are cut off like heads of grain. If this is not so, who can prove me false and reduce my words to nothing? It would be tempting to take Job's speech and pretend we know better than the Holy Spirit by moving it to a different part of the book. There are critics who want to do that. We could speculate Job sounds more like Zophar here than Job. Why not give this speech to Zophar, who doesn't get a speech in this last section of the book anyway? And although a critic might want to do that, he's going to run into a serious problem. Not one single manuscript or translation of Job has ever done anything of the sort. This speech belongs to Job, and everybody has known that always. If it doesn't sound much like Job, then we're blessed with an example in the Bible of those times when any one of us slips in our faith and we just don't sound like ourselves. How great of our God to give us a reminder that Job is a sinful man on a slippery and narrow road, just like we are. Lord God, keep us safe even when our faith wavers. We like to think that we have life all figured out, and that's when the devil's knife has its keenest edge. Lord, teach us to trust in you alone and to let all of, your conf- all of our confidence be in you and in the forgiveness that comes to us through our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's Word for you. And now, for a moment with the Master, with Pastor Aaron Nitz. The moment with our Master for today comes from Matthew chapter 28, verse 6, and it reads, He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Can you imagine that Saturday before Easter Sunday? Can you imagine what it must have been like to have a dead Messiah? We don't know what Jesus' followers were thinking that day, but we do know that the disciples were locked behind closed doors on Easter Sunday and several women headed to the tomb to finish Jesus' burial process. Can you imagine that? Helpless? Hopeless? But need they have been filled with gloom and fear and sadness? Not if they had remembered Jesus' promises. He had told them all along that he would die and rise again. So there at the tomb, the angel reminds them, He is risen, just as he said. I can imagine the ladies immediately trying to hide the burial claws and spices behind their back at that point. Jesus kept his promises to rise from the dead. And if Jesus kept that promise, then he can keep all his promises to us. Jesus has promised that all your sins are forgiven. He's promised to be with you always. He's promised to work all things out for your good. He's promised to take you to heaven when you die. He's promised to raise your body and give you a glorious eternal body on the last day. 
How can we know he will keep those promises? Because he's risen just as he said. I'm living in the certainty of Jesus' promises just like you. The Lord bless and keep you this day and always. Amen. We end our time this week with another song from Branch's band, Amazing Grace. been listening to Canaan Bound Podcast, episode number 78. This show was first shared in August of 2014. We would like to thank Branches Band for sharing their music with us this week. Visit CanaanBoundPodcast.com 
to learn how you can support the ministry of The Wells and of the artists featured on this podcast. Once again, my name is Philip Wells. It was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thank you for listening. Christ died on the cross, set me free, by grace and through faith in the